Pantera called Walk. That's a pretty cool, pretty cool song. Pretty powerful, pretty powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. What kind of powerful stuff you handling here tonight? Uh, old J.W., Jehovah Witness. There you go, blaspheming Johnny Walker again. My, my Jehovah Witness liquor. What is that, that special rung in hell for people to blaspheme good scotch? Is that the way it was? <laughs> no, that's not quite how it went. Well, if we got any JW listeners out there, we might have. Well, if we do, no offense. You just have to, you just have to cut us some slack. You have man. to cut us some slack. Because we surely do you. <laughs> 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 so I've got um, wild turkey. That's just what it felt like. I'm more sophisticated tonight. Sophisticated. I, wild, I just feel like wild turkey. Mm. It's not the 101. It's, it's if it's not the 101, it ain't worth drinking. No, it's tasting good. It's 80 proof. It's cruising speed bourbon. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, we got room and only two more of our weekend classes this season. The rest of them are booked. And that means that if you want to come to a class, if you don't get in one of those two dates, then um, we're looking at spring. Very well, unless you could do a private class over winter, for sure. Which we do offer. We um, offer short notice booking through the winter. Like uh, if a couple days out, it's looking like we're going to have a day that's, you know, 40 degrees and not going to rain or sleet on us. Uh, and you say, hey, we want to come. Uh, we'll book you a, even a day in advance. Just give us a day. Yeah, and we're off the next day. Hey, we would, if you call us at 6 o'clock, hey, we want to come tomorrow. We just realized yeah. we got off work. We can... We can get there. Um, can you have us? We, we can do we'll that. We'll do it. We'll do it. That's pretty much how we handle winter. It's how you have to handle winter. Right, because the weather can just be so, so bad over there. I mean, we definitely, this ain't golf. I mean, we got the stickers, you know, not right. golfers, but I mean, there are certain conditions where it, it's just not conducive to no, learning. This ain't suicide either. So yeah. You're going off a hill in your vehicle and you get to meet Mr. Locust up close and personal. Yeah, it's not really. Good. <laughs> uh, that refers to a row of locust trees that will stop you before you go all the way into the ravine. But uh, no, nah, don't don't be afraid. We won't bring you up there if it's dangerous. But November, I'm sorry, October 23-24, we've got room in that Friday-Saturday class, October 23rd-24th. And then we have room in the November 6th and 7th, November 6th and 7th weekend class. So uh, if you did want to get in on a class this season with us, you would need to uh, book one of those two. Uh, very, very limited private classroom available. We've got maybe four or five days where we could do a private Between class. now and yeah. middle of November. November. When we officially go on rogue schedule. Yeah, rogue schedule is really a disgrace is what it is. We've talked about it. Yeah, it's... it's um, Basically, we go to bed at you know one or two, and we get up at about noon. The crack of noon, as Shirley Q says. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, slowly come out of our rooms and sit on the couch, and get on the computers for a while, and then you know Speaking maybe take a nap. Basically, we do absolutely nothing. Hibernate. Hibernate. Speaking of Shirley Q, uh, she had a bad dream. Uh, about Sheila Jackson Lee. Uh, let's let you hear it in her words. I dreamed last night I was in the bed and I felt something scratching on my head. And I look up and it was a long tentacle. It was like Sheila Jackson Lee was a gigantic insect in a triple crown weave and she had eight legs and she was trying to crawl over me in my bed. Oh my God, I woke up hollering and cursing and choking and screaming the name of Jesus. <laughs> Poor Shirley. Yeah. Hope Hopefully she doesn't have any more bad dreams like, that. like that, that. That'd be a terrible dream. That, oh my mm, goodness. Boy. Dream she that Jackson Lee was a giant insect. My goodness. That is the knee. Yep. <clears throat> um... So Trump was on <laughs> Limbaugh for about two hours, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you guys can look it up if you want to. We don't use profanity on our podunk little podcast, but, you know, it wasn't beyond our president to use it over oh, the no, airwaves. It, it, it was tastefully used, though. I mean, it's not... I, I, 
I can deal with it if it's tastefully done. And, you know, there it was. I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty good. What is some, when a caller called in and asked Trump about Iran? Something, yeah, I think it went something like that. And then uh, he says, if Iran Fs with us, we're going to do things to them that have never been done before. <laughs> he didn't say Fs. He said, oh, he said it. Yeah. If Iran beep with us, we're going to do things to them that have never been done before. <laughs> good day in the morning. Oh, yeah. Well, you see, that's the kind of strong leadership that we have lacked for the last four decades. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. We got a probably a taste of it when Reagan was in. I mean he was he was pretty strong. Pretty hardcore. But um I mean really compared to Trump he I mean Trump really makes Reagan look like Obama in some areas. Um Trump's definitely lean leans into it. The man leans into it. <clears throat> so um you're getting that Douglas barrel action well you're what is the, the Curtis. Yeah, the Curtis Vector. And, okay, tell us about how Douglas Barrel handled I'll, I'll this. tell you, the way they handle their business is so good because they, <laughs> uh, you know, they under-promise it and over-deliver. Yeah, I mean, they really do. I mean, when I ordered that barrel, they said uh, probably be about two weeks. I've had it in, in, at my door in six days. I was a custom-ordered barrel. You know, my contour that I wanted, twist, and a whole nine yards. And um, then... You know, uh, realized I was going to need to, you know, get it chambered up and and uh, you know put together there. So I called them back and uh, just to see what kind of lead time they would they would give me. And they said, well, we'll have them two weeks or so. And I said, well, that's pretty quick. That sounds good. If that you know if that you can really do that, then um, then we we got a deal. But uh, anyway, I take a drive up there to Charleston and uh, took another tour of their facility, which is really amazing. I know I've talked about that on the podcast before, but if you've not gone, I mean, do yourself a favor. Go up there and take a tour of that facility. It is really, really remarkable. But I dropped the rifle off there and uh, said it would be a week or two um, until I had it back. Four days later, I had it back. I mean, it's just amazing. Well, they've got a crew in there that are actually making barrels. Instead of getting, you know, I don't know how, how some of these companies stay in business. You know, got six months to wait, eight months to wait to get a barrel. Yeah, that's just absolutely retarded, especially because, you know, you can compare Douglas Barrels to, uh, I'll, I'll just name a few brands, and I'm not criticizing these brands because these brands are amazing. I'm just simply saying Douglas Barrels are just as good as the brands I'm about to mention. Krieger, Hawk Hill. Bartline, Broughton, even though Broughton just went out of business. I, I mean, in Quite list, possibly due to just delays and delays. Right, and I mean, the list goes on of barrels that, uh, you know, are just as good as Douglas. I mean, those barrels that I mentioned, they're as good, but they're not better. So why are you waiting six, eight months to get a barrel when you can get one that is every lick as good in like two weeks or less? Or less. Yeah, I, it's, you know. Any contour you want, that's the other thing is they'll make a custom contour. They have a machine that will copy your barrel so precisely that they were even telling me when I was up there they had a barrel that had some rust pits in it and that was like I'm underneath the action the <laughs> and, um, or underneath the uh, where the stock is mm-hmm. where I guess the moisture got in there. Yeah. And uh, the new the <clears> machine <throat> copied even the rust pits down to the perfect detail. It was a carbon copy. That's I mean, amazing. they're they're able to do that. So if you have a like maybe a heirloom gun or something, and the barrel shot out, and you need it to fit perfect in the in the stock. I mean, consider them because they will make it look just like it looks now. You need to get this new 308 barrel up and going and load developed for it. And uh, I'm going to be doing some development tomorrow with uh, the 208 Burger Target hybrids. Well, I just wanted to mention how quickly you you, you went ahead and you took the. You found out it was going to take weeks and weeks, months more than likely, to get your barrel chambered up and uh, put into the uh, Curtis action. Mm-hmm. And we're not criticizing anybody. We're just saying, look, you know, if you're that far behind, I don't know what, you know, hire some help or figure something out. But um, the, um, you just said, well, I, don't, I can't wait that long. So you just went ahead and went back up to Charleston, which is a two-hour drive. Well, I, I was going to take another tour up there anyway. Yeah, and you can and mail your stuff to them, too. Right, course. you can, and they'll mail it back to you. But, I mean, if you're within a two-hour drive or even a three-hour drive, just go up there, take a look. I mean, you won't regret it. So you took them the action. You took them their barrel back that they had sent you very quickly because we find out you can't get it uh, chambered up. 
quickly enough. Yeah. So you took them back. Uh, that was Thursday mm-hmm. last. And it, by the way, they don't work on Saturdays or Sundays. They take off. So I took it up there on Thursday. So they had Friday to work on it. They didn't work um, Saturday or Sunday. And then Monday, I get the call that it's ready to go. Yeah. And you say, well, gosh, they must not have had a thing else to do. But yes, they do. They've got how many barrel I, when barrels? I was in, when I was in there, they probably had eight or ten people working in there. So, I mean, they've, they've got they've a boom got, they don't, there. It's not everybody's lined up at one machine oh, trying no. to get everything no. done. They've got multiple copies of the same machines right. that drill, that rifle, that do all that. So, uh, And, no, we are not currently sponsored by Douglas. We're just sharing the information. Right, just for other shooters. Uh, another thing, just real quick, is uh, their pricing is very reasonable. Just think about this. For $500... You get barrel of your choice. You tell them what kind of barrel you want, caliber, cartridge, the whole nine yards. For $500, they will give you that barrel, chamber it, and install it, and have it back to you. Yeah, That's a pretty good. darn good deal. So you're going from minor caliber to major caliber. Yeah, I couldn't stand the minor caliber. Um, it, it was super accurate, the Dasher. I mean, I've got some wallet groups with that sucker. I'll tell you that much. It is accurate. But um, when it hits the target... It doesn't really move the target. You've kind of got it beyond like 800 yards. You have to have like one of those magneto speed flashers on there to see whether you hit or not. And uh, I don't like that because I don't trust those flashers. Uh, ground strikes are more than half your ground strikes disappear. That's, in the, that's grass. the really bad part is you know if you miss the target, um, you're not really going to have a good chance of seeing where it went, especially if it's in a clump of thick grass or something. With a 208, it's going to turn some stuff up. Absolutely. So uh, our prediction for what's going to happen this November. Um, this is uh, no, we're not. We don't have a crystal ball. We just got our thinking hats on, been watching things. Um, there's, it's incredible how much disarray the Biden campaign is in. Uh, it was yesterday or day before um, they went to Arizona. This was Biden and Kamala Harris's first campaign appearance together, and they were going out there um, to meet with some of the leaders of the uh, Native American tribes in the Arizona area. So um, no one showed up. There's a news report. Um, I've shared it on my social media. It's unbelievable. When we say no one showed up, that's no one did. Um, it's the news reporter for the TV station, she was being kept back about two blocks from the hotel where this was some kind of a facility where this was going on. And she said there aren't any, there's, you know, the motorcade just moved through and uh, Biden and Harris have gone inside and uh, to meet with these uh, Native American leaders and uh, there is no crowd. There is no fanfare. There are no people standing around and she was at a loss to describe why it was that way. Later on, uh, the Biden campaign uh, came out and said, well, we didn't intend to have anybody there. We just we didn't announce it. We didn't want people to know. Right. They did announce it. People just don't care. You know, that's, that's it. You know, they've got no momentum. They've got nothing. Which brings us to this. Oh, well, you know, and Biden is... Is stammering and stumbling. And yeah, he announced today that he was uh, running for United States Senate. <coughs> yeah, he's running I mean, for the Senate. It's the second time he's done that. The second yeah. time. He did it again today. And forgot Mitt Romney's name, which that's... Forgot average. what state he was in. Forgot what state he was in. Forgetting Mitt Romney's name's a resume enhancement there. Though. Yeah, is that he's good? better off not knowing. But anyway, uh, something is severely wrong with that whole idea and this whole idea that they have these high poll numbers totally fake no, exactly. totally fake it's totally manufactured it's fake as a toupee with a chin strap fake so uh, but the machine when I say that the Democrat machine they're going to try to uh, feed a bunch of uh, bogus votes into the system most of them are going to come after November 3rd uh, the polls shut down for the day. Um, <clears throat> they have even come out and said it's going to look like Trump wins in a landslide, but just don't 
don't concede the election and don't don't give up hope. We're going to uh, we're going to have to count all these votes that'll still be coming. <laughs> and you know that will need to be stopped. I hope the Supreme Court will stop it, and we hope soon that Amy Coney Barrett will be on the Supreme Court. The Babylon Bee shared a. I guess the hearings are going on now. Yeah. Uh, the Babylon Bee shared a, a link. It's uh, it said the Democrats hiss in terror as Amy Coney Barrett holds up a crucifix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's about right. I mean. Yeah, it's interesting that they're very, very concerned about her Catholicism, about her Catholic but faith. But not Ilan Omar's retarded, anti-American Islam crowd. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that woman hates America, and, and she gets a lot of... All her. true Islamists do hate America. If they're because, false, yeah. Well, yeah, because well, I mean, our Constitution is it versus Islam. They are not compatible. If you look at the fundamentals of Islam... And then the fundamentals of our Constitution and what America stands for, they are not compatible, period. That's a fact. That's an absolute fact. <clears throat> There's some moderate Muslims. That aren't really Muslims. They just no, say they are. It's kind of like Methodists. You know? Exactly. Well, uh, it, yeah, I, mean, I don't want to knock all Methodists no. out there, but I mean, no, there's some, there's just, some, just like some a lot people. of you out there know that there's people that say they're Christians or whatever, and they are not Christians. I know. I, I, I mean, but there are Muslims that are the same way. There are Muslims out there who say they're Muslims and they're peaceful and they're just all kind and nice. They're not actual Muslims because they're not practicing what their book tells them to. No, that's a, that's a fact. Then we had a client one time. I really feel for his soul. We asked him if he he was a Christian. He said, "Well, I am a Methodist, but I'm I'm not born again or anything like that." <laughs> he said that. Wow. Mm-mm. Get my pipe out here, guys. Distractions on the air. Background yeah. noise. Hmm. And now, draw the sword. Yeah, that's, that's it. just a rim of my Mac ashtray. Um, our prediction. The Dems are not going to concede. No, what they're going to do is they're going to stir up a bunch of protesters. Biden and Harris will come out there uh, on November 4th, you know, the morning after the election is over, and they're going to say, this is fraudulent. Donald Trump has cheated and he is seizing power. And then they're going to stir up a bunch of protests in the streets, a bunch. I mean, because there are plenty of people stupid enough to vote for them and they will protest. I mean, they're not nearly the number of Trump supporters, but there's enough of them that they can cause a bunch of riots and they can cause a bunch of trouble, and they will, because they'll be instructed to do that. Yeah, you're going to have that, so kind of brace yourselves, folks. Uh, I think in the back of most American people's minds, they do see that coming. Um, yeah, the I don't think that they'll succeed in stealing the presidential election, but they will unfortunately succeed in stealing a lot of congressional seats. So I don't know how that's going to look. Well, it's Trump's just going to you have to, you know, raise them one executive order at a time. I mean, because if if they're not going to play fair, then neither should he. I mean, because if they've cheated, then I think he should just the gloves need to come off and executive order after executive order because if they're going to do that, that's what he can do against them. Yeah, I mean, the elections haven't been fair for a long, long time. You know, they're pumping fake votes into these liberal cities and precincts, and um, they, they're they grabbing these seats, you know. They, they would be getting voted out if not for the fact that they're trucking in all these so-called provisional ballots. We started to see that back in 2000 with the Bush-Gore thing in Florida. They just kept coming up with these extra ballots, and they were finally stopped. They were finally shut down, and the Supreme Court had to do it. Um, I think that may have to happen again, but that's a presidential election. And, you know, these smaller elections... They won't make it to the Supreme Court. Probably not. They'll just go on and um, put whoever in. But um, it's the only chance for the conservatives to... Um, take Congress back is for the votes to be so overwhelmingly yeah. and that's the thing is I've told people before 
you know, if you've got an election that's 55 to 45, you can rig it. Mm-hmm. And, and you can make it look like the person who lost actually won. If you've got an election that's 70-30, you cannot. Or, or really even 60-40, once it's there... You know, it's you can, hard to make up that right. You can't. Cheating. Right, you can't. I mean, I, in my opinion, and this is my opinion. I'm not saying I really, really think this is the case. I'm just saying probably, probably Obama lost in 2012. That is my personal belief. Um, to Mitt Romney. It's possible. I don't know. I mean, I think he probably Mitt would not have been any better. Oh well, I'm not saying he would have. I Mitt would have been a terrible president. He uh, he would have been. Terrible. I'm just simply saying, I think he he lost in 2012 um, just due to to cheating. Because I don't remember looking at the numbers. Uh, I don't. It was super close. It was very very close. And because it was close, they were able to steal it. But my point is, is if it's close, they can steal it. If it's not close, like obviously 2016 election with the Trump and Hillary, it was not close, and uh, they could not steal it. And I think it's going to be the same thing here. Let's trust that that does end up being the case. But uh, I would kind of get ready, folks, for some chaos. And I don't depend on where you live, you may see more or less of it. But um, you know, I would get ready to you know see some very butt hurt people. You know, beginning yeah the morning of November fourth when they're trying to say hold the presses, hold the election. You know, we've got all these you know. These 45 truck trailers that we were putting the phony Rony virus bodies in, well, we've thrown them out and we got them full of votes now. And we're trucking them all over the country. Are they refrigerator trucks? Because I've heard that those provisional ballots they don't keep. Are they yeah, reefers? Really. No, they they were claiming those were reefer trailers that they were putting the virus vic bodies in. Yeah, and they oh, weren't. I well, mean, the <laughs> pictures I saw they were not, not a refrigerator truck trailer. That's for fact. But um, anyway. Um, and that was total fake news to begin with. There wasn't enough people in those hospitals dying to... Yeah. I, I mean, that is just so fake. That is. Um, well, <laughs> Trump comes out Sunday, I guess yesterday, he tweets, been fully cleared by the White House doctors. I, I do not have COVID-19 anymore. I have had it, I've beaten it, and now I'm immune to it. And now I can't, I, I would, I can't transmit it either. That's what he said. And that's what apparently these doctors had told him. So now there's a bunch of others out there saying, that's not true, you can still transmit, you know. Or you didn't get rid of it that quick, or you never had it. That's the biggest conspiracy theories, you never had it. Yeah, it's just retarded. But, um, <clears throat> well, I mean, I think what, and he's kind of done this. He's not done it to the extent that I would have liked him to, but um, he had it. I, I mean, you, the videos I saw of him, you know, his voice was very rough and scratchy. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not really something you can fake too easily. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his whole complexion, I mean, it was, he had something. And I believe that that is what it was. He should have come out and said, hey, I'm 74 years old. I beat this in four days. He said that. Why yeah. are we shutting down the country? I mean, being over 70 is a comorbidity in and of itself. I mean, the Bible says the years of a man, three score and ten, that's 70 years. I mean, anything after 70 years is gravy. I mean, he's 74 years old, beat it in four days. This is not a deadly virus. It is not. No more than the common cold or the flu is. Right. Um, And I think, though, that some people are getting really sick. But the other thing to consider is uh, what is called psychosomatic illness. Yeah. You know, um, that is you a huge factor. They've got this, and these are the symptoms. They will manifest every symptom. That is a fact. And, and lay around are, the hospital bed. There are dozens, of, there are hundreds of double-blind studies that have proven that is a fact. You know, psychosomatic illness, you know, suggesting to people that, oh, you've, ha- you've got this, this is, these are the symptoms, this is what you're going to face, and bam, all of a sudden. <laughs> it all comes on. Yeah, I mean, so that is not something to be underestimated either. No, that's a fact. That's what. That's a big part of it. Big part of it. Um, we're gonna uh, prepper tip of the week: uh, canning, pressure cooker canning. And don't don't panic when just at the hearing of that. It uh, is easily learned on the University of YouTube. Right, and you can get into it for pretty cheap. I mean, I'm I'm not sure the exact cost of a canner these days, but I know of a few junk shops in our area 
you know, within 15 minute drive where you can you can procure one. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, prob- yeah, probably like 100 bucks for the canner would be four to six quarts at a time yeah. of uh, meat if you are a hunter or if you know someone who is a hunter who does not typically keep the the meat. Uh, it's a shame to waste that. So right. I mean, try to get that. Also, tons of skinning videos on YouTube. Uh, Mossy Oak has a really good one on deer. Just a quick, no-nonsense way to they get They showed them. a new way we didn't even know about. Yeah, it was really amazing. But um, but anyway, start canning some meat because here's something that I've heard some quote-unquote preppers talk about. And it's like, I've got three breeders full of meat down there. I'm, I'm good to go. As long as you don't lose power. Well, that's the thing. I mean, because if you lose power, you've got about 72 hours of, you know, saving that meat. After that, there's not going to be enough ice in there. Stuff is going to start to rot and spoil, and you can't just refreeze it after it started to spoil. It's going to be bad. And, you know, some people, well, i got a generator down there. Well, how much gas do you have? Do you well, have, I have enough, enough gas? gas. To, I mean, I'm not Enough gonna... gas for what? I, whatever you what think if the power's it, out for more than two weeks? I mean, the generator, yeah, it'll help you maybe get out of a pinch, but if you're just using that for your freezers, it's not going to last that long. It might last two weeks, maybe three. I mean, they, they use a good bit of gas because you've got to run it 24-7, I mean, to keep those things going. So the thing that you want to do is keep food on hand that does not need to be refrigerated, and that's where canning is really huge because you don't have to refrigerate it. And um, Yeah, and even if you... Um, Besides, you don't want to can it right up front. Have the material. Yeah. Get you a pressure canner. It'll do four to six quarts at a time. Get you your jars. The, the seals in the jars are a little bit hard to find. And if you've already frozen a bunch of meat, you can still can it. I mean, That's right. If it starts thawing because you've lost power, yeah. just start canning it. Yeah, start canning it as soon as you can. And, and you're going to have to do that over some sort of a fire. Because you're not going to have electricity to run your stove unless you have a gas. Well, if you have a generator, you could be using that to run the stove, which would be Mm -hmm. prudent, um, you know, to to do that. But, yeah, I mean, definitely have food sources, lasting food sources that do not require electricity. Like I said, I've heard too many people be like, you know, I've got freezers full of meat. Well, that's not going to do you much good. I mean... If you (laughs) lose power. Well, I don't think it's a matter of if. We're talking about... Uh, some areas will. Some areas will. We don't know who's going to be in those zones and who isn't. Um, you know, but uh, I would say the areas that are most prone to losing power, those folks are not listening to this podcast. Probably. They don't know one end of a rifle from the other, and uh, they're just. But hurt. don't count on having power. For goodness' sake, don't don't just take that as a given because it's not. Yeah. I know it. It's not. So, uh, tomorrow you're going to do some load testing, 208, uh, those are the burgers. Yeah, the target hybrids. 208 and the 308, and um, we're going to shoot optimal charge weight test. And uh, this is just kind of to the side while we're doing a class, and, you know, we're on the range anyway, and um, we can um, figure out the right load to use for that. That thing, and yeah, that's the good thing about OCW is, I mean, a lot of people talk about days of load development, and you got to do this, that, and the other. I can go to the range, and within, I guess this is, uh, let's see, it's uh, 12, it's 15 rounds. Within 15 rounds, I'm going to know the exact powder charge that I need to use. That's all I need is 15 rounds. That's right. You just have to read the uh, OCW test. Right. If you're curious. And there is a little bit of an art to it. I mean, I mean, if you aren't confident... Uh, you know, on reading that, if you don't know exactly how it works, you know, you probably want to do a consulting. Um, right. um, client today, a uh, young man from Chicago, um, had a 16-inch, I think 16-and-a-half-inch, nice, uh, nice AR-10. <laughs> and, uh, well, hey, that thing... No, 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 I'm, I'm just laughing because... He starts out with his rifle, and it's a it's a really good AR-10. I mean, as far as AR-10s go, that was nice. And I, don't, I don't even remember the brand name of it, but I, you can I don't tell it was built well. It was built well. It, was, it probably set him back a pretty penny, but um, it it was shooting fair. I mean, at 720 yards, it was hitting a full-size torso target. Some shots were up high in the thorax area. Some were near the belt line. That's mm-hmm. just the way it was grouping. And uh, vertically shifting. Right and. Everything was tight, obviously. We double-checked, triple-checked that. And then, all of a sudden, he says, well, I, you know, I have a backup rifle here. 
it's a it's a Tika T3 Tactical mm -hmm. 308 with a 20 inch heavy barrel, and it's like, dude, that's why didn't we know about this? That's not a backup rifle. It's not the backup rifle. That's the primary rifle. I mean, I mean, it's like, what are you talking about, backup rifle? I just started laughing. I was like, let's get this sucker out, and boy, that thing drills. It does. That is, and it, all of the ones we've seen, uh, I'll tell you, those Tika actions, uh, the Sakos are the same, because mm. it's basically the same action, but the, the Tikas especially, those T3s, um, their actions will hurt some feelings. I mean, I'm talking about they'll hurt some mousing field feelings. They really will. I guess Beretta owns uh yeah, you know, that's probably why they're so good. You think so? I think so. Cause, got you know, some Beretta mojo They got some Beretta mojo on them. But, uh, yeah, I think they're three lug, I'm pretty sure. Um, well, it sure does shoot well. I'm not 100% sure of that. So. You know, you, you put it on the, the alien target. <laughs> and um, you just, we did a reverse. Uh, we had the zero. Yeah, that's a good time to talk about that, yeah. About reverse engineering yeah. a zero. Um, yeah, you can... If you just we had to slap a, a scope on there, and um, it was SWFA 12x, and just swagged about where the adjustments should be, and uh, he took a shot at 460 yards, and I see I called it pretty good, even though I don't have a reticle in my binoculars. I think they were five mils high, weren't you? Uh, I think I was just underneath it, and I came up. The first one was five high because I remember that. Had to bring it down, and it may have hit dirt under it, and then no, I, the second shot I was on there. Okay, well, it was hard to start with because I remember that. But um, you were on, and once you were on the steel, you just dialed the correction to hit the center dot, which is about the size of a. So within three shots, I had hit the center dot of the target. Four six. And you know, I said, okay, this is gonna, this is three oh eight. It's a 20-inch barrel. It's running the Spark Munitions 175 a grain load. It's going to be going around 2550, 2600, and that's going to be about 2.8 mils to 460. And it ended up at 2.9 to 2550. Well, I said 2.8, and I basically indexed the turret to 2.8 and then dialed it down to zero, which should have been 100 yards. The first shot took yeah, the dot. Yeah, that's right. You were in the box. It yeah. wasn't in the box. It took the dot out of the center of the... <laughs> of the target. Super accurate gun, super accurate ammunition from Spark Munitions. And, um, you know, if you guys are coming to a class here and, um, you know, you need ammo from Spark, tell them that you're coming to a bank steel class. They'll do everything they can to help you out. And if you lie to them and they find out you didn't come to a class here, you'll be on their excrement list. <laughs> <laughs> so you might never get anything from them again. But, um, in any event, they make world-class stuff. Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some of that stuff in. That's part of the reason I went to... That, that Seriously, that's part of the reason I went to 308 is because I can get ammo from them, and it's totally match-grade stuff. I can take it to a match anywhere and shoot tactical class with the 308, and I've got a pretty good shot of winning with that this new rifle. Well, yeah, well, I think you'll do very, very well with it. You know, you're running a you're running a major caliber um, against the Skeeters. I think you're doing quite well if you break top ten. You're doing extraordinarily well in the top five. But this goes back to what we've talked about before. Would you rather hit 90% of your targets and neutralize half of them or 80% and neutralize all of them? Uh, this is the difference between a minor caliber and a major caliber. Right. I mean, here's the thing. And people are, shot placement, shot placement. Well, guess what? When you're shooting 800 yards and you make a shot with your Skeeter and it didn't land exactly where you wanted it to, which is very likely at 800 yards, maybe maybe it went just a fuzz low or maybe you just barely clipped the side of the torso or something, and you've not got something that's going to deliver some foot-pounds and really rip a wound channel, uh, you know, that target could potentially live, you know, with the Skeeter and then with the 308 with a major caliber or even 6.5 Creedmoor. I would classify that as a major caliber. 6.5 Creed definitely major. Th that's the smallest of the major calibers, in my opinion. But uh, everything smaller than 6.5 is, is starting to get uh, a minor caliber. But, uh, you know, if you've got a major caliber and your shot placement wasn't perfect, which it Let's face it, at 800 yards on a full-size torso, it's very likely to not be perfect. Torso. You know, if you make a first-round hit and it's, you know, on the left edge of the torso, 
you know, I would much rather that be a 30 cal 208 than a 6 millimeter 107. Yeah. That's just the way things are. So you can say shot placement all you want, but unless you can just call the wind way better than we can, and you can just land a shot right in the heart in the first round at eight, 900 yards with your dasher, then, you know. There, there's no such person out there because. No, not every time. The I mean, wind, yeah, that's right. Not every time. You're going to get these anomalies. The wind can scoop or pitch a bullet up or down, and uh, we see this happen. Um, I don't know what Brian Blitz thinks about it, but you know we're basing what we teach and what we note to our clients on reality, what we see happen continually. And when you see two really good guns, really two long-range guns that are both good shooters, good guns, and they both get scooped at the same time, you know, they both go two minutes high and both miss the target at the same time. And you keep seeing this. And then one day we had a wind condition that there were four or five different guns high on when they got up on the side of the mountain. And then as soon as the wind changed directions, it changed the pattern. And They're back on the chart. Back, back on yeah. the chart. Yep. So this, this stuff happens. You, you have to do your best to understand why you saw what you saw. And... Um, just make a note of it, shrug it off, and move on. You know, this is why we've talked about it before. A military sniper who did not have a book for sale once said, there's been a lot more enemy killed with the second shot than the first. We shot, we missed. We shot a correction, held correction. We got a hit very quickly. Uh, concentrate on fast follow-ups. Dry firing your gun will help you get better at that. And um, just learn to... And intuitively read the wind. You're not doing it mathematically. You're not bringing out a whiz wheel or any other kind of whiz banging device. You're going to do it intuitively. And you can practice with 22 subsonic. We've covered that. Practice with it at 50, 60 yards. A subsonic 22, the wind will play havoc with that bullet, and that's good for you because you'll start anticipating and using the very same logic and the very same intuitive corrections at 60, 80 yards with a 22 long rifle, as you will with your center fire high-powered major caliber gun. Uh, we're going to lean into this major caliber thing because... Uh, I mean, we're approaching a time when we're serious about freedom stuff. And yeah. if you have to engage enemy combatants, then you're going to want something... That's bigger than six millimeter. <laughs> you need a good gun, and also you need a sword. A sword. Well, that way you can skin them out and eat some communists. That parangatang. K-Bar makes this knife. Have we talked about this? We might. I think have. we, we have. It. That's a really cool. cool it's knife. Uh, called the parangatang, and it's. I don't know a, how we segued into this, but whatever. Segued like a. I guess that's how we did it. Um, You've probably been planning that for the like, last like five a, minutes. You know. I actually know it was just. Spur of the moment. <clears throat> Very good investment. The thing is like an axe, but it's a knife. It yeah, is. it really is. I mean, if you don't have one, do yourself a favor. Get one. They're <clears throat> not that much. I mean, you can get one for 60, 80 bucks. Yeah, you will be very be, impressed. Yeah, 80 probably. Yeah, you'll be very impressed. But uh, back to what I was saying. In freedom stuff situations, you're going to want something larger than 6 millimeters. I mean, six millimeter. yeah, if, if you're inside of 400 yards and you're very confident, you know, you can do a neck or headshot. Yeah, that'll be effective. Hmm. But, I mean, if you're planning on engaging targets further than that, which, um, I mean, in freedom stuff, if the Russians invade or the Chinese or whatever, I'm certainly planning on engaging further than that. Uh, I'm going to want something that if I blew my wind call a tenth of a mil or something, and I didn't hit the heart or the lung, and I just, you know, got them somewhere on the, you know, torso, I want something that's going to rip a wound channel and cause them to to bleed out or whatever the case may be. I, I want something that's going to completely incapacitate them. Yeah. You know, the 6 millimeter. if you make a slightly bad shot with one and it's not right where you meant to put it, there's a very good chance that that target's going to heal up in four to six weeks and live to fight another day. And I don't it's, want that. It's possible, you know. Now, obviously, yes, people have survived 30 cal wounds. I know that. Don't write in and say, well, this person survived... Uh, four 30 cal shots. Yeah, well, guess what? That person's one out of a million, literally. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't survive, you know, nearly as often with the the thirty cal wounds as so, you do with a six or a, this is especially a, two, two, three stuff like that. Some kind of very solemn stuff to think about, but um, we're strong advocates of if you want peace, prepare for war. Um, you know, uh, who knows who may be sent in here on the American people. In the mid- you know, if we start fighting amongst ourselves, that's prime time for a foreign power to just come in and seize the opportunity. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who knows? But, um, well, God knows. And, and you know, if, you're, if you are a person of faith, uh, and you're leading your, your man, your head of the household, and um, your spiritual leader. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. You know, you know, don't be sitting in the back room looking at porn when you need to be teaching yourself how to spiritually lead your home because that is powerful. That is extraordinarily powerful. And you know, you if you look, don't believe that, you need to look at the Six Day War. Yeah, study the Six-Day War if you think God doesn't get involved in battles. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, anybody that can take a quick glance at the Six-Day War and say that God wasn't involved, then that person doesn't have a functioning IQ of 65. I mean, engage both brain cells, rub them together, and look at some evidence here. Yeah, I, I mean, so, you know. the Six-Day War is prime evidence. And, and not just that war, there's other really, wars. Yeah, and, and, and battles and bigger wars. You know, there's there's more to it than just who shoots the best, who's got the most people, because Israel did not have the most people. They didn't even have the best equipment. Oh, certainly not the best equipment. I mean, they they were very poorly supplied. They were using equipment that was decades older than what they were competing against, and they they just absolutely dominated. They did prevail, and you can too. Um, you know, if need be, if uh, you get yourself in that situation, you know, uh, prayer will move the hand of God. Find out how to do that, and you will be extraordinarily formidable in anything you take on, especially when it involves the survival of yourself, your your loved ones. Very important. So, um, moving on into the fall of the year, all of the leaves have changed here. Uh, it's a beautiful time of year. I really love this time of year. Uh, I don't look forward to it getting excruciatingly cold. I, I have to disagree with you there. There's something special about it, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it does for me. It slows things down. I hate this world we live in, where everything's so fast, 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 rush, rush, rush. I mean, everybody's going here and there and everywhere. What, guess what? When there's two feet of snow on the ground. Things are almost like they should be. People are taking their time. People, maybe even people are locked in. They can't go anywhere. I'm not saying that's the way things should be. I'm just saying it's nice to go outside and there's not 1,500 cars on the road. And I mean, people are taking some time to breathe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Including myself. You know, they say that your favorite time of year is the time of year you were born, and you were born in the winter, and I was born in the fall, so. Y'all think about that. Any of you is born in the summer, maybe that's your your time you like. But I, I like the changes of seasons. Yeah, I like this time of year too. Of course, this also represents our busiest time of year, and it definitely is a lot of strain on both of us. I mean, not trying to make our job sound more complicated than it is, but there's a lot of mental strain involved. I mean, you've got to be fully engaged every minute that you're there. I mean, if you're not, I mean... There could be something happen that's not good. I mean, you've right. got to be vigilant. You've got to be watching. Also, just the the stuff that we have to teach. I mean, it's um, it's not that it's so complicated. It's just that the, the procedure is um, to teach it. Right. It, I mean, it's very mentally strong. Well, we, we have streamlined our curriculum. We've streamlined our technique. Uh, the most common thing we hear from our clients that have never done this before I say you make this look so easy. I wasn't so much talking about you know for our clients. I was just talking about for what we do. I mean, obviously we've we've done all this, so our clients will have an easier time learning and, right. and understanding. But, Absolutely. But basically, what I was saying is, I do enjoy the winter because it's uh, basically vacation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is when we're kind of 
winding down. I am going to check something right quick while we're still on the air. How far are we in? Uh, we're close to 45 minutes. Okay, that's about right. Uh, I'm going to see. Um, if uh, Midway still has these loophole Mark IVs, they, they must have bought a whole bunch of them. Probably did. Probably that fourth tractor trailer load of them that the military ordered and didn't use are wasteful. Good day in the morning. Don't even get me started. They'll, they'll just order something by a 1,500 tractor trailer load order and then not use it. Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, that's just so wasteful. Um, honestly, right now, of course, we are Athlon dealers and we like their products, obviously particularly their binoculars and spotting scopes. That's where they really shine. But let me tell you, Midway has the Mark IV loopholes still, 4.5 to 14 for $700, That's That's pretty good. That is a screaming deal on a bulletproof scope. They're bulletproof. Their, their glass is lagging as far as that scope is concerned behind what is available today, but uh, that being said, you can definitely see your impacts on target, you can see your misses, you've got everything you need with that. Their glass is comparable to SWFA. If anybody has an SWFA 12 or 16 power, that's uh, pretty much the glass. Hey, Mark IV is a little better. Now. In my opinion, it's about the same, but I mean... In my opinion, it's a little better. Okay, that's fine. I get an opinion too. You get an opinion too. But they're just tough. They're, they're super tough. They're just as tough as an SWFA, and that's uh, saying a lot because those is. are some bulletproof scopes. I mean, 50 rated scopes. And these Mark IVs are also 50 rated. Barrett, for years, I don't know, they may still, when they offered one of their 50s with a scope, it was a Mark IV. They could take it, you know. Um, so um, that's just a, a closing tip today. Uh, you know, if you're thinking, I don't know what scope to get. Gosh, I'd like to get a good scope, but I don't want to spend $2,500. Uh, check out the uh, Mark IV loophole on eBay. Now, they do have an 8.5 to 25, which is 1400 It's double the money and, and not double the scope. I would get the 4.5 to 14. That'll do anything you need it to do. Um, you know, the you know, 1400 if that was a first focal um, scope... You know, I, I think it would be worth the, the, you know, the $1,400 sale price they're asking, but uh, that 8.5 to 25 is a second focal, and in order to use it uh, reasonably, you're going to be setting it on 12.5 power, so you can use that reticle. But, um, and that would be something we'd have to explain in a class if you haven't had one. But, uh, but, but any closing comments? I got some closing comments. I hope you got some kind of a new weapon you're going to tell us about. Yeah, I, I do. I was just kind of thinking about it. You know, that Tommy gun we shot was pretty darn cool. It's still a viable and effective weapon, so I'm going to use it. Every gun law is an infringement of the Second Amendment. And the fact that I can't go to Lowe's or Home Depot or any other good hardware store out there today, and on aisle 7, in the midst of all the screws and bolts and stuff like that, there's not like a Tommy gun just sitting right there like there was in the 20s. I mean, the fact that there's not that today where I can just buy it is all the evidence that I need that the Second Amendment has been completely infringed upon. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing, folks? Uh, we're keeping our powder dry, and we're uh, ready to fight for freedom. Yeah, but the, the powder we're keeping be. dry isn't going to be fed through an MG42 like it ought to be because we've been <laughs> infringed upon. Yeah, well... We have. I, I mean, we've allowed it. I, I mean, when are we going to take back the rights that our founding fathers intended for us to have? That's my question to you, people. Well, you know, one person can't shoulder that and take off. It would have to... It, it just happens with a collective mindset of millions and millions of patriots. Well, not even millions. I mean, there certainly wasn't millions uh, in 1776. I mean, well, there would be now, I think. I think there would. That's a good point. I mean, there wasn't then, but there certainly would be now. I mean, there'd be more than 3%. There is one way to mark the individual who would cower and crawl into his basement and hide. They wear a mask. <laughs> no, I what I was going to say. Oh, really? Yeah. Here's how you're going to know who you cannot trust and who you cannot uh, squad with. Is this individual, he's got all these guns, he's got all the coolest and the latest and the greatest, 
but he will sit there and tell you that you don't have a chance. You can't. Oh, yeah. You can't win. Uh, there's no point in resisting. Yeah. You can't win. Now there is your loser. There's the yeah. person. Uh, you also, if they're wearing those same people are probably wearing masks, by the way. But they, they might be maskers. They probably are. Mm -hmm. They might be maskers. There's a lot of maskers in this world right now, and it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. Uh, don't wear a mask, people. Don't be a sheeple. They don't do any good. Just huh. be free. I was on Twitter the other day, and uh, you know someone made a very cogent point. Uh, she said uh, Trump didn't lose the trade war with China. He's the first president to stand up to China. And some weirdo called Rorschach, Rorschach test failure puts pointing fingers up to that person's post and uh, says this is what it looks like when a bot is desperately searching for a place to beep boop. <laughs> so I just pointed... I just pointed to him with my finger, a Rorschach test failure. I said, and this is what it looks like when a masker spends so much time wearing his face diaper that his already limited brain function hits rock bottom <laughs> due to oxygen deprivation. He didn't come back on that one yet. All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and close out. Look, get in touch with us, folks, through our email, banksteel at fastmail.com or Forrest Newberry, 243, minor caliber at... Well, it, it's gonna, it's soon to be Forrest Newberry 308. I'm going to change my iCloud email there. What are you going to do? And is this a permanent change? Is this what you're going to stay with? Well, it, it depends on which way the wind's blowing tomorrow, Dan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It is actually email Forrest Newberry 243, and that's a good cartridge. Forrest Newberry 243 at iCloud.com. An alternate email is banksteel at gmail.com. We're going to, um, I don't know, this song just kind of sums up some stuff. Uh, we're going to close out with it. This is uh, Godsmack called Straight Out of Line. Okay.